if you are physically prepared, if you've put in the work, if you if you put in a really solid training block and you believe in the work that you've done, my belief is that the marathon race itself at that point becomes probably about 75% mental. So here's the question, how do runners like us remain active, get stronger, and heal from injuries without being told to stop running and create a healthy life for ourselves so we can continue to hit PRs well into our 40s and 50s? This is the question, and this podcast is the answer. My name is Dr. Dwayne Scotty, physical therapist, running coach, and creator of Spark Physical Therapy, where we help active adults be able to run without aches and pains so you can feel good about yourself again. Welcome to the Healthy Runner Podcast. Today's episode is brought to you by UCAN. UCAN Nutrition is powered by Superstarch and delivers that steady, long-lasting energy without the spike and then the crash. I had to take a moment out of this episode to share with you how the Healthy Runner snacks during the day, that being me. I don't know if you're like me, but I will never pass on a good snack, and that is why I wanted to share with you some innovative food products that help you fuel smarter and curb cravings anytime while maintaining blood sugar and boosting energy. UCAN's healthy snacks are enhanced with super starch and crafted with healthy ingredients. This has been a game changer to curb those cravings between meals for me and my clients. I absolutely love the almond butter and it pairs so well with some honey wheat pretzel sticks, apple slices, or medjool dates. The granola is absolutely phenomenal. The only thing you will need to do is set some portion control because it tastes so good you'll want to keep going back in the bag for more. Since you are a part of our Healthy Runner community, as always, you will get 20% off all of your orders at UCAN.co. Just use the code HEALTHYRUNNER during checkout when placing your order. Go ahead and give this healthy snack a try, and believe me, you will thank me after when you feel better about your snacking habit. Welcome, and thank you for tuning in to episode 76 on the Healthy Runner podcast. And we are live within the Healthy Runner Facebook group talking about how to find your mental edge during a marathon with Paul DeVilio. Paul is a master's endurance runner. He loves working hard to get faster and stronger and shares everything he learns on his Dev Runner YouTube channel, providing running reviews, interviews, and advice. Welcome to the show, Paul. Hey, thank you so much, Dwayne. It's a real pleasure to be here. I've really been looking forward to this. Yeah, I'm excited about it. This is a topic that I know a lot of runners want to know more about and want to improve in this area. So I'm super excited to have you on. So guys, in this episode, Paul is going to talk about mental toughness for running, answer some questions like these. How much of a marathon is mental? What does it take mentally to run a marathon? How do you mentally prepare for a marathon? How do you push yourself past your limits during a marathon? And how should your training change after turning 50? For more information related to this topic, uh, make sure you check out episode 55 on the podcast. We had our very own coaches, uh, Whitney and Coach Kat. Um, talking about the mental side of running. So if this is a topic that interests you, then definitely check out Coach Whitney and Coach Katz um, interview that they did when they took over the show and hosted uh, for that episode. So 
Paul, let's get started with our dynamic warm up. This is the first question we asked all our guests. So tell us, where are you from and what do you do? Well, um, currently I live in Charlotte, North Carolina. I am a programmer analyst for uh, the government down here. And um, let's see, to describe myself beyond that, I would say I'm uh, a pretty much lifelong musician and guitarist, as you can see by what's going on on the wall behind me. But strangely enough, I am not a lifelong runner. Um, I did a little bit of cross country in ninth grade, but uh, there was a gap of decades after that where I did not even consider running. But uh, at the age of, I wanna say like 41, 42 years old, um, I was 40 pounds overweight. I um, was not feeling good on a day-to-day -day basis. And one day I was at work actually doing exactly this. I was leaning in a little too close to the screen and um, I felt a little something in my chest that I did not like. So I took that as sort of the impetus to maybe take control of my own health. And uh, I started walking. And uh, after a few months of walking and getting my weight down, I had about uh, 10 pounds left of that 40 pounds that I you know, was initially overweight left on my frame. And I thought to myself, you know, I wonder if I can run uh, because that would go a long way to allowing me to get those weight off faster, you know, in time for summer and all that kind of silly. So I actually left my office, briefcase in hand, and um, I ran about a quarter mile distance to my car just to see if I could do it. And I made it to the car, touched down there, and I was like, wow, I cannot believe I was able to run that distance, you know, after all these years, after all these decades. And um, it was one of those things that I was so elated at the fact that I could do it that I decided I was going to um, start running on a regular basis, which for me at first was like two, three days a week on the outside and it stayed that way for probably a good year before I started building up. But uh, before I just go on and on and on. <laughs> yeah, so how old were you when you started running then? Probably about 41 and I would say like 42, 10 years ago is, that's about the time I started considering myself a runner because I was on the treadmill regularly at that point. There was no sort of, do I want to run today? Do I not want to run today? It was just kind of like, at that point, it was regimented. I knew, you know, for the sake of it, you know, every, you know, Monday, Thursday, and Saturday, I was going to be on that treadmill no matter what. Yeah. So you and I are pretty similar in that adult onset runners. Uh, I've been running 10 years myself and um, you are a lot faster than I am. That's for <laughs> sure. So tell us, uh, how many marathons have you run before? Well, let's put it this way. I started nine, I believe nine, and I finished eight. I, there was one DNF in there, which uh, taught me a lot. <laughs> wow. Wow. That is super impressive. You've covered a lot of miles and a lot of races in a short amount of time. So this is where I think our community is definitely going to be able to benefit from your wealth of experience. And honestly, you know, even just for those of us who are in our 40s, 50s, and you're thinking that you can't run a marathon, or you're thinking that you can't get faster, um, and be able to overcome some of the mental hurdles that you do have to overcome during a marathon. I think today's talk is definitely going to be able to help them out um, for sure. So I guess in your near future, do you have um, a fall marathon on your calendar like everyone else who is looking forward to live races again? 
Yeah, I just cannot wait to race again. But uh, believe it or not, with that said, um, I'm still holding off. I, I'm, my plan is to go to the Kiowa Island, South Carolina Marathon, which is in early December, because the reason I was looking for something that late in the season is because uh, this time around, I've set myself big goal. <laughs> so I knew I was going to need the extra time to get there. Um, my goal for that marathon is to run a two hour and 45 minute uh, PR there. So Wow. It's going to be a big training, a lot of training, but uh, hopefully I'll get there. Wow. That is, that is amazing. Um, and so you've already, your PR is a sub three hour uh, yeah, marathon. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I've run sub three, I think, I think four times now. Um, my, my PR right now sits at 252. So um, if this is going to be, you know, going down to 245 at my age, it's not going to come easy. <laughs> yeah. Oh my goodness. I can't wait to get into this. And you and I originally connected just to give everyone a little backstory on Steve Carmichael's show and his community, uh, the Run Buzz um, community after I was on uh, Run Buzz a couple of times. And I know you were active in that community and we originally uh, hooked up and, you know, we had the, I had the pleasure at least uh, to come on your show on uh, your YouTube channel. So you got a great YouTube channel, um, by the way, for those uh, that don't know, uh, definitely check out Paul's YouTube channel. I went on his show to talk about kind of the five tips to run strong and healthy. So it is really the framework of our Spark Blueprint. So for many of you who are in our Healthy Runner Facebook community, that's the free that's the freebie that you get. Um, it's the PDF that has some of the video links. Um, this interview I did with Paul was very recent. So this was last month. So this is like the most up-to-date version of those uh, five tips to run strong and healthy. I think this is a topic that I think is going to be extremely important because it's been a while since... Um, runners have run, you know, a live exactly. marathon. And so Paul, let's get into this. Um, I want to know how much of a marathon. So just to give context here, I've only run one marathon. As you can tell right here, this bib is my only one marathon that I've done thus far. Okay. Once I get a little bit more time freedom, I will definitely be tackling that one again. And I had all of the first marathon blunders that anyone could, as far as cramping up, not having enough, you know, salt tabs on me, just sweating out salt all over my body, white crystals everywhere, all over my face. And my muscles seized up like yeah. mile 20. Just, I literally <laughs> couldn't bend my knees. Weirdest thing ever in my life. Um, I did hobble across <laughs> six more uh, miles, uh, painful miles, but how much of a full marathon is mental? How much? Oh boy. Um, you know, it's funny Dwayne, because I, I break this down into it sort of forks in, in one of two directions. I think if you are mentally, if you are physically prepared, if you've put in the work, if you, if you put in a really solid training block and you believe in the work that you've done, my belief is that the marathon race itself at that point becomes probably about 75% mental. People may think that's too big a number, but I, I, I don't agree there because I think by the time you get to race day, it's a mental game. Um, I think if you do not feel prepared, then I think that number actually climbs. I think that at that point, the marathon is like a 90% mental game. And unfortunately, I think if you don't, if you don't feel prepared, that mental game is sort of like an uphill battle um, because you're, you at that point, it becomes a battle with yourself, a battle of self-doubt. And, you know, you know, the marathon can last a while, so you can be out there, you know, 
beating yourself up for a long time mentally. So, um, you know, the big thing, the, the way I look at the marathon is that there's a very close uh, relationship between the physical and the mental. I think you have to be physically in shape. You have to believe in the training you've done if you're going to be mentally sound enough to run your best possible marathon. All right. So what I took away from that is that, number one, don't underestimate the physical training that you need to do leading up to the actual uh, towing the line for the race. So I, I think it is important to do your training, right? And not just show up and not prepared for the training and then expect a good outcome, right? So mentally, it's going to help you if you are prepared going in. And I really think of this as um, I've only run one Disney race and Mm -hmm. I was just amazed at how many injured runners there were there first off, because I think nearly half of them because it is such a fun race it's kind of like one of those challenges then they do the dopey challenge where Uh you're like running four days in a row um that people really don't understand the physical demands that takes on the body and they're not prepared for the training physically so i could definitely see if you're not prepared physically going into it then mentally it's going to be a real tough challenge so what does it take mentally to run a marathon you know, uh, Dwayne, the, the, the most important thing to me as far as, you know, what I've learned over the process of going through nine marathons at this point is the most important thing for me is focused attention. Um, I think uh, the other secondary thing for me is resolve. You have to go in knowing you're not going to quit no matter what, if you're going to be successful. Um, and that, I don't just mean that in the sense of quitting, period, walking off the course. I mean, quitting on your plan. Um, if, if you have the resolve when you're, despite the, the, the butterflies in your stomach at that start line, which everybody of course has, um, if you know, if you just feel it, like it's just like an iron will of, I know I'm going to suffer. That's the name of the game with the marathon, but I'm not going to give up when it gets tough. I'm going to use a particular toolkit to try to stay on track, but, um, in order to stay on track like that. And in order to see that resolve through, I think focused attention, again, is the most important. Um, Because race day for me should really be all about executing a plan. Um, I think if you show up to that start line, just kind of hoping for the best, um, unfortunately, and I don't want to sound too heavy about this, but I think if you just go, if you hit that start line, hoping for the best, there's a good chance you can be expecting the worst, (laughs) you know, Um, and and I'm using extremes here just to kind of hammer the point home. You know, I mean, it's, it's a race and it's supposed to be fun. So this is not going to make or break anybody's life, of course. Right. But having some kind of outlined strategies almost right going into the race, essentially that you can pull from your kind of toolbox, right. Or your running belt or your running best, so to speak, right. Like taking the gel out, like you want to have some mental strategies that you're going to be able to pull during different aspects of the race itself. Is that correct? Exactly. Okay. Nice. So now you talked about, I'm sure we're going to get into some strategies that we'll actually do during the race, but how do we, let's talk like pre-race stuff, Paul. So how do you mentally prepare for the marathon? Okay, now this is 
a huge question to me <laughs> because to me, this is what you just asked is the actual answer to how do you be mentally tough during the marathon? Um, it's the whole preamble. It's the whole leading up to that marathon physically and mentally that allows you to perform on race day. Um, so the first point I really want to make here is that um, mental preparation for the race starts on day one of your training cycle. Um, and uh, to go into that a little bit more, um, I try to think of every run um, as an opportunity for learning and to overcome your, your predilections to always try to find the easy way out. You know what I mean? Like, uh, oh man, do I really have to go out today? The race is so many months off or nothing's really gonna happen if I don't go out today. But more important than the physical effect that that training day has, what goes on between the ears is really important. What you're doing is training yourself to be mentally tough. Of course, you don't have to go out there today, but you're training yourself. You're, you're saying to yourself, no matter how easy or hard it is to walk away, don't do it. Stick to the regimen. Um, the big thing for me is that, um, I'm trying to find an easy way to say this. Um, you're allowed to not want to do a workout, but you're not allowed to give in to that <laughs> desire. You know, um, if you can learn to just go and do it anyway, for, forget, about, forget about motivation, forget about willpower. To me, those are very short-lived emotions. If you're gonna be an endurance athlete of any kind, I think you have to start to get comfortable with the idea of the grind. Go out there and do it anyway. You know, if, if you're physically hurting, if you've had a really rough day and something's aching and you're just physically wiped out, of course, call it, get a good night's sleep, have at it the next day. But if it's all about just sort of like the, the mental thing of, man, that was a rough day at the office, I'm sorry, that doesn't cut it. <laughs> That's just not a good enough excuse because the thing is once you get out there and you're running, go slow, but get out there because I guarantee within a mile or two, you're gonna be feeling great and you're gonna be, you're gonna feel alive again. It's gonna just, you're gonna shed all that, that heaviness from the, from the work day or you know, whatever pressures are on you. And, and, and again, you're, you're building that mental muscle of getting it out there and, and working hard even when you don't want to. Um, yeah. So Paul, if I could just interject for a second, because I think many of us can relate to this. I know I definitely can relate to this. Um, so especially recently I've had really high workload where I haven't been getting great sleep because unfortunately I've been up on my computer till one or 2 AM and still getting up early and feeling like not great. Right. Because obviously I'm not rested, but I really don't want to go for a run, but I'm like, you know what, even if I do a nice, easy three, I know I'm going to feel better after. And, you know, it definitely plays a little mental gymnastics in my head where I'm like, well, you know what, I really don't feel like going, but if I do go, I'm always going to feel better after. And you always do. And exactly. even like this morning, my girls actually had their first um, big like tournament since all of COVID happened. So they both play volleyball and we were at Mohegan sun uh, in the casino, literally 
for 12 hours straight on Saturday, my wife and I were watching volleyball uh, wow. because of course they weren't in the same time block. Uh, it was like older one was in the morning, you know, starting at seven 30 <laughs> Saturday. And then the younger one went till 8 PM on Saturday. And then they flip-flopped on Sunday where oh, the younger course. one, and then the older one, they were closing down Mohegan at, you know, five 30. So it was like 20 hours of volleyball and we're, you know, getting <laughs> stiff, sitting there, you know, standing, trying to get up this morning. Like I didn't want to go for a run and my body was like, and I didn't get any rest this weekend. So I didn't get to recharge over the weekend, but I was like, you know what? I know if I'm going to go for my run, get my strength training in, I know I'm going to feel better. I'm going to be more productive, start my work day. And that's what happened. Um, so I think we are, I think we can all relate to being there where you get up and you're like, I don't really feel like doing this. But then I always tell myself, like, think about that feeling you have after you've completed it. And even if it wasn't the best run in the world, it wasn't the best workout. Like I say, done is done, right? So you got it done. And I think that's what you're talking about, like the grind and like exactly. embracing it and getting that training in and getting it done. Exactly. Exactly. You're not going to enjoy every run. Nobody does. There's not anybody out there. The, the elites don't go out there. The difference between us mere mortals and the elites is not the fact that they love every moment of running and we'd rather be you know, doing something else. That's not it at all. It's the fact that they've learned to just say, it doesn't matter if I want to be out here. If I want to perform at my best, I'm going to be out here. So, um, right. You know, right. And those days when everything just clicks and it's easy and you're loving it and your strides right there and you're flying effortlessly, of course, enjoy those days. Just, you know, you know, remember those days because there's going to be a lot more days where you're just doing it because you have to. So, you know, it's building that, 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 that mental habit of just doing it anyway. Nice. And I, I didn't mention this before, guys, for those of you who are hopping here on the live, drop any questions that you have for Paul in the comment box, and we'll do our best to get to your questions um, during the interview. But Paul, any other kind of uh, mental prep stuff that um, can help runners before the marathon race itself? Oh, yeah. I'm just getting started. If, if oh, okay. <laughs> all right. Well, carry on. Yeah. If you've got, if you guys have got the patience, you, you know, you're going to have a little trouble shutting me up probably. So <laughs> let's see. Um, I, you know, I'm trying to hit the big points here, the ones that I know are going to universally help everybody. So um, let's see. I would say um, know why you're doing every workout when you're going through your training cycle. Um, because if you know you're going out to do your long run, because it's going to, help your aerobic capacity because it's going to, you know, the endless list of things that it helps. If you know why you're doing your tempo run days, if you know why you're doing your track days, that helps to build confidence. So that when you're towing that start line, you say, you can say to yourself, and in those later miles of the marathon, when things are rough and you want to be anywhere but there, you can say to yourself, yeah, but remember those tempo days where I crushed it? Remember that long run where I felt like pure garbage and I finished it? Remember that track workout where I ran 75 second 400s instead of just going home? That's the stuff that's gonna see you through when you hit mile 20 and you just do not wanna be where you are. you know. Um, and just to keep moving, um, another big one for me that I've only learned in the last couple of years, and this is something that I really have not heard a lot of people talk about but I think is really invaluable. Um, practice things going wrong um, in your training cycle. 
I, I never like people to do this at the beginning of a training cycle. When you're just kind of base building and you're just kind of trying to build your confidence that you can do this, th that's not the time for this. But when, you, when you're starting to get into that strength portion of your training cycle and onwards from there, go out, do a long run with half the fuel that you normally use. Um, a few weeks later, go out and run in the heat because nobody likes to run in the heat. Go out running when you're tired. And this is a huge one for me. Probably the, the biggest one of them all is go out and run a long run with a positive split on purpose. Because all of those things are things that could potentially go wrong on race day. Everybody wants that perfect 50 degree weather, no breeze, you know, everybody magically parts like the sea when you're coming through and nobody's in your way. That never happens. You know, I can, I can tell everybody that right now, but if you've done, if you've practiced everything, not everything, nobody can practice everything that could possibly go wrong. But if you've hit the big ones, then again, when you hit race day, it's like, yeah, I've been here before, no biggie. You know, once again, you've got that confidence. You're saying mental, mentally positive things to yourself in those late stages when it's hard, instead of going, oh God, this hurts. I just want to go home. Back stuff, you're less likely to think that way when you know you've done this before. Yeah, um, that's that's interesting, Paul, because I really have never heard someone describe it in that fashion to almost like intentionally go out and practice doing the wrong thing, <laughs> because I think those just happen to us when we don't mean for it to happen, right? They just have those days. Like I literally had two of those examples in the last four weeks of my long runs. So mm -hmm. in terms of uh, nutrition wise, and then in terms of heat, and that was me like two weeks ago, two weeks ago, no, three weeks ago here, it was like 90 something degrees, haven't run in heat at all. Cause I usually run at five or 6 AM and I didn't go out on the weekend till like 10 AM because I was sitting there on my computer and couldn't get away from work. And I definitely hit that like heat wall. And I think everyone in Connecticut could really this weekend for those of you who did your long runs later. Um, so I feel like some of those things actually happened to us, but I really, I really like this tip, especially if this is your second, third, fourth marathon now, and you're looking to get a PR and you're looking for a little redemption, like I'm going to be looking when I eventually tackle 26.2 again, because I am not going to let those legs cramp up. That's for sure. Right. I'm going to make sure that I do the right things. And I think this helps where I could see just getting that experience, right. Of mm -hmm. not having a great day where you can almost like pull on that on race day and be like, Oh, remember that terrible long run I had where my nutrition was off. I like hit a wall. My stomach was killing me. Right. Yeah. Or that day when I went out in the heat and I could like felt so dehydrated and I ran out of, you know, fuel and I just hit a wall and you could probably draw on that during your race experience. Exactly, exactly. Now on the physical side, I don't recommend that you go out every weekend and find a new way to screw up your training. <laughs> you know, that, that, that's, that's not the point of what I'm saying, you know, and especially if you're a newer marathoner, if you're going out there for your first marathon, forget about that part for now. Like Dwayne said, when you're going back for your second helping or, or, or if you decide to just pursue marathoning, you know, further down the line, you know, you're going to run multiple um, races, 
that's when you start peppering this stuff in because um, again, it's not, a, I, I'm not so much worried about the way that physically affects you, but mentally. And, and that's what we're talking about today is just sort of building an iron wall in here so that you, you're not gonna be dissuaded. Nothing's gonna stop you unless you are physically stopped, but mental, the, the mental game is not gonna be what gets in your way of success. So, yeah. And, and coach cat comments and she says that she agrees with practice doing the wrong thing. Uh, and then she jokes about like going the wrong way in mile 22 of her marathon and adding in another <laughs> mile, uh, that she was not prepared to do another mile to do 27.2 miles. <laughs> yeah. yeah so right. any, any other, uh, preparation tips you have? Yeah, there's one more, one more big yep. one that I wanted to hit. And um, that's uh, the power of visualization. Um, you know, some people, uh, it, it's closely related to kind of meditation. Um, not as heavy duty, I, you, you don't, there's no formal training needed. But um, for me, visualization is everything from knowing the course that you're gonna run on as best as you possibly can study the map, study the elevation changes. Um, if there are videos on YouTube from other people who have run that course, watch every single one of them. Um, so that you know exactly what you're going into if you don't have the ability to sort of run that course beforehand. Um, and take the time leading up to the race to picture yourself at every stage of that course in as much detail as you can. Um, it's you know, um, and once you've got that down, this is this is something I practice like um, every week going into a race because there's there's a lot to this. Um, at first, you just want to be you want to be able to close your eyes and picture the different portions of the race. As you as the weeks progress, you then want to start thinking about how am I likely to feel at these various different stages of the race. You know, mile 19 and 20 of the course may be utterly beautiful. But trust me, you're not going to care how beautiful <laughs> the course is when you're at miles 19 and 20. You're just going to be hanging on. So um, the only other thing I, I talk, about, talk about for visualization is every single time you run through that mental video of you running that race, picture the specific time that's on the clock as you cross that finish line, because you will be really, really surprised at how much that translates into the way you train. You know, if, if you're just drilling that time into your head week after week, even if it's subconsciously, every time you go out for your tempo run and every time you go out for your long run, you're going to be kind of dialing that in and it's going to be working for you for however long your training cycle is, you know, 12, 14, 16, 18, 20 weeks. Um, that's a huge one. And that's something that really, I've only really gotten good at in the last like two years. I've, I've made a lot of changes to the way I race in the last couple of years. Um, and that's one of the big ones that, that's just to me invaluable. That's just as important as going out and just killing those long runs. 
Yeah. And from a logistical standpoint, what does that look like, Paul? Is that like when you're doing, let's say you're doing a tempo run or you're doing speed work and it's getting hard or you're on the last, you know, hundred meters of repeat 1200s or repeat miles and you're like struggling, like, is that when you pull out the visualization and you like, just imagine yourself crossing that finish line with that time posted on the clock or what does that like actually look like? Yeah, well, there's two different things. I would recommend that you do your visualizations when it's quiet, whether that be first thing in the morning when you wake up before the household sort of comes alive, before the kids start going crazy, before your spouse is asking for one thing or another. Um, and for me, mornings work better because by the time I get to an, the, the, the bedroom and it's quiet at night, I'm usually kind of wiped out. And it's just like in meditation, it's so easy to just kind of fall asleep <laughs> if you're already tired. So uh, to answer your question, Dwayne, um, the actual act of going through the visualization and doing all of the, those detailed things that I spoke of, I think that needs to be dedicated time to yourself in a quiet place. Um, but, it, but what you're talking about when you're on the track or when you're on doing, doing your tempo run, that's when those visualizations come into or bring into fruition or help you to realize the, your goal to help you more easily work towards your goal you know what i mean like like you, you're going to be working harder like if you're struggling in that last 1200 of the day on track day it's going to be a lot easier to say to yourself yeah but i know what it's going to be like during that last mile in the race and i've got to push now because if i can't push myself now how am I going to push myself after 26 miles have gone down? You know? Yep. Yeah. That so makes it's sense. A, it's a tool that assists you in your training. That makes sense because I have done it, you know, during those training runs. And I, I do think that helps, but I've never honestly dedicated that one-on-one time, like first thing in the morning um, to this practice. But I think I might have to start right? I think I might have to. Yeah, yeah. no, thank you. That I think that, that's a very, very good tips. And the other thing that you had mentioned was the courses. And I think that could be helpful for a lot of novice runners in our community um, is because I know I've done the mistake of not checking out the course before a race okay. until you actually get on the course and you're running the race and you think that uphill that every uphill, there's a downhill and that uphill keeps going uphill for like two or three miles. And you're like, are you joking right now? Uh, so for those local in Connecticut, that was for me at the Danbury half marathon, uh, where I couldn't believe that it was like literally a steady climb for two or three miles. at I think around mile nine of the race. Um, so I wasn't ready for that. And that really messed me up mentally when it just kept climbing. And I was like, oh my goodness, are you kidding. But if I think I, if I viewed the course map beforehand, I would have had an idea and I would have knew it was coming. So I I think that could be definitely helpful um, for those new uh, runners out there, or if you might be running your first marathon uh, this fall, definitely check out the course map. um, Like Paul said, and definitely check out any other YouTube videos that are out there on the actual course itself. I think that could be super helpful and, and honestly, ease a little anxiety, right? Cause you Absolutely. know, what's coming. And like, for me, I always draw on, I'm the type of like type a runner, Paul, where I do run 
pretty much same route, um, you know, most of the time. And so for me, it's, you know, I always know where my landmarks are, right? This is half mile from my house, one mile, two miles from my house. So I'm always thinking when I'm in a race, I'm like, oh, this is like literally me running from CVS back home. And I try to like visualize like how easy is that when I'm running from CVS back home, right? And kind of putting myself in that state. But I, I do think that it could be uh, beneficial when we are uh, have an idea of what the actual course map is. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, it has huge effects, not, not just mentally, because like you're saying, if you're not ready for like a two mile uphill and you, you, you know, if you think it's just going to be a quick little up and done, you're, you're going to tear up that hill and then you're going to be worn out. And then you've got the rest of that course to suffer through because you've pushed too hard too early. So, yeah, study those maps, study those maps. Yeah. Okay. So now, so Nivian says, uh, her too, she runs the same route. Uh, most of the time gives me a sense of control. Yes, Nivian, you and I are so alike and where do we get along so well? Um, it does, right. Doesn't it give us that sense of control? Um, but I think the preparation that Paul's talking about, I think can also empower us and give us a little bit of sense of control, right? If we know what's coming in the race and we we feel familiar with the map and you feel like, hey, I know it's, you know, at mile eight that there's going to be a climb and I know I have to be like ready for that, right? So you have exactly. to be ready for your hydration, your fuel you, and mentally uh, ready for that little climb there. So now this is what I'm really, really, um, I'm really curious about, Paul, because this has definitely happened to me personally on a couple of races where I feel like I'm at the point of a race and I was trying to get like a PR and you're at that point where it's really hard. And it's like, it's like decision-making time. It's like, all right, here's your path. Choose your path to the right. You push as hard as possible and you try to get the PR or to the left. You know what? It's like, Oh, I've tried my hardest. Let me bow out essentially. And just, you know, create every excuse possible to say, you know what, (laughs) better, better luck next time. Like you'll try next time. You know, it was too hot today. You know, you weren't feeling good. This was a harder course. You know, maybe you didn't put in as much training as you did for the last half marathon, you know, for me or for those running the marathon. So how do you push yourself? Because obviously you have perfected this with your um, marathon accolades. How do you push yourself past your limit during a marathon? Or like, basically, I want to get into Paul's mind here and give yeah. give us any mental secrets or tips that you have for our Absolutely. listeners that we can really like draw on when we come to that pathway where we need to choose which side are we going to take? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I, I, this, I love this stuff because, you know, when people talk about marathons, when people, when runners talk about marathons, when they get excited about running their first one or bettering themselves in their eighth marathon, um, everybody always comes to this, the wall, you know, like, and, and I, I don't just mean like the physical wall because, you know, you're not fueled properly and suddenly the glycogen is gone and you don't know what to do. As far as as far as the, the the mental side goes, the first thing to remember is that your mind is always going to give up before your body does. Um, you know, uh, it's Tim Noakes, I believe, who calls this the the central governor theory, um, and uh, it's Coach Tim Noakes, Doctor Tim Noakes, talks about the central governor theory, and and it's basically the idea that that your mind is going to try to protect 
your health, try to protect your body. So it's going to start sending those signals. As soon as you start to feel a little sore, as soon as you start to feel a little out of breath, first thing that that central governor does is, well, let's slow down. Well, maybe we should just go home now. Ease off a little bit, you know? Um, you know, take a little break, you know, massage your feet, you know, <laughs> whatever it takes to sort of get you back to a, a, a sense of stasis so that you're comfortable again. And the big thing is to realize that, that your mind's going to kick in with those kinds of signals long, long before your body is truly in need of giving up. Um, you know, uh, um, there, I've got various different tools um, that I use to, to, to sort of either stave that off or to be able to ignore it. I've gotten to the point now, the more experienced you get with long distance running, the more you realize, the more you internalize the idea of, okay, here comes the pain. You know, you know I, I don't want to say pain because some people may mistake that, especially newer runners may mistake pain for, if you've got a sharp pain, if something's really, really wrong, of course, stop. I, I guess the better way for me to say this is, um, extreme discomfort. <laughs> yes, I love that. Um, extreme you know, discomfort. I think that that summarizes it well and differentiates it from like pathological it. pain. Exactly, yes. exactly. If you if you if there's something sharply hurting you, stop. Um, if it's just a matter of boy, I'd rather be watching you know Gilgan's Island right now, <laughs> then of course um, you better just keep pushing. You know, you owe it to yourself to keep pushing. So um, you know um the first third of a race, that's when everything's going your way. That's when you're just full of energy and, and that your taper is just paying off and you feel like you're on top of the world. So the, the big thing there during that first third of the race is of course, be patient, hold your pace, don't go out too fast, all the stuff that you always hear. Um, don't follow the pack. If they're moving faster than what you know your pace is, hold off. There's no such thing as banking time. So and I know I'm kind of going off of the mental thing right now, but I just kind of want to break the break a race down. Mm -hmm. um, by the time you get to the middle third, you're going to start feeling the effort. And this is what we're talking about. This is when you the central governor is you're going to you're going to hear from your central governor probably somewhere around mile 13 or so. It's going to start telling you, all right, isn't that long enough? <laughs> You've proven your point. Let's go home now. <laughs> you know, and 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 the more you race, the more you do long distance, the more you, you can actually get to a point where you welcome that part because you, 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 you can tell yourself, this is where it begins. This is where the real race starts. The first nine, 10, 12 miles, that was just to, to be able to get to the real start line. So if you can approach the race that way and ride out those middle miles, sometimes those middle miles are rougher than the last bit. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I can't promise you that, but very often I've been through marathons at least, at least four times where that, those middle miles were just rough, whether it's because of stomach issues or, you know, something's bothering you, but push through, push through, because just like on your long runs, you can hit rough patches, but if you just keep on going, it might get easier in that last bit. So um, by the time you hit that last third of the race, like I said, that's where the real race begins. So um, now I kind of want to go through the, 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 the different mental tools in the tool belt that will help you to get through the, the, those, 
those rough miles at the end there. Um, you know, assuming you fueled well, and that's not the issue, um, there's no avoiding the, the, the muscle fatigue. You know, so um, if you've got some checklists uh, in your mind that, and just, just rolling through that mental Rolodex of these different checklists can help you get through those miles, whether you're going through the checklist of maintaining proper form, that's gonna help you finish that race faster with less risk of injury. So if you're, you know, if you're rolling through the idea of keep your head up, keep your shoulders down and relaxed, keep your chest out, run tall, you know, paw off with your feet, make sure you're, you know, you know, um, really working those hips, nice big stride, don't start shortening those steps. Um, every couple of miles, remind yourself, go through that whole checklist, make sure everything's working the way you want it to be. Um, maintaining your pace, check your pace at least every mile, make sure you're staying somewhere close. You know, don't let it drift, especially in those later miles. Everything, everything in your body is going to say, slow down. You'll feel so much better if you just slow down. Um, go through your checklist for fueling and hydrating. Don't forget to hit that gel. Don't forget to take that sip because that will also catch up with you in those later miles if you don't keep up with it from the beginning of the race. Um, so checklists, that's a big thing for me. Um, you know, it, it, just, it distracts your mind when things are getting tough out there. Um, acknowledge the fact that you want to stop or slow down. Um, for me, if you try to fight that, if you keep telling yourself, no, I, I, I don't want to slow down. No, I really don't feel bad. You're just kind of, you're playing, you're playing a game that you're going to lose. Acknowledge the fact, be comfortable with the fact that you really, really want to stop right now, <laughs> you know? But again, you just refuse to, refuse to. Know that your mind is telling you it's a good idea to stop right now, but your body's got plenty left. Your, your, your hamstrings are not going to pop. They're not going to break. <laughs> you know, your calves are not going to explode. They may feel like they're going to, but you've got plenty of miles left in you before you're really in any kind of danger of serious physical damage. Unless, of course, as we said earlier, you really do feel sharp pain. Then everything I'm saying is out the window at that point. Look for your look out for your long-term health before just this one race, of course. Right. And just to you know, throw it in there since you mentioned it earlier, if you put in the physical training and you've trained properly for the event, that's not going to happen. Right. There's no way that you're going to run so hard and so out of your league that you wind up popping your Achilles if you've never had Achilles pain. Right. That's not going to happen. That's not how Achilles ruptures happen. They happen when you ignore pain for a while and you just keep running. But if you weren't ignoring pain during your training for the last three or four months and you did actually run, you know, whether depending on whose plan you're following, 18 or 20 miler, like you're not going to have your, you know, you're not going to tear your calf muscle as Paul's talking about. You're not going to strain your hamstring. You're not going to develop this catastrophic injury that's going to actually happen at your race. So I guess as a physical therapist, I must throw in the physical training part. Um, if you've done your training correctly and you follow the plan, then those things will not happen. So as uh, Paul's saying, it is your brain 
playing tricks on you. Essentially, it's going into that protective mode and survival mechanism that are hardwired in our central nervous system. So that's what kind of Paul's talking about. And I really like, I know you're going to continue on, but I really must (laughs) say, I like that you, you reframed it as I know my brain's going to be telling me this and I'm not ignoring it because I could, I can honestly say I've made that mistake before where I've tried to ignore it and just say, oh, it's not there. It's not there. And then eventually it wins out. So I've never actually thought about it in that way, Paul. And I think I'm going to really have to try that next time. And I like how you talked about embracing it. It's almost like a badge of honor. It's like when you get to that point of the race and you start feeling that discomfort where your brain is telling you, hey, you know what? you might want to slow down. You might want to take it easy right now because this is kind of uncomfortable. Um, I, I think looking forward to that and almost like mentally preparing to be like, okay, so for me, right, I'm running half marathons now. So when I get to mile 10 in my half marathon, you know, it's like, all right, this is great. If I feel that, that means like I'm ready to actually race now. And like, almost like it, look forward to it and embrace it, that it's going to come. And when it does come, don't ignore it and just say, okay, I'm just saying ignore it for Mm -hmm. the next, you know, three miles and hopefully it goes away. (laughs) Right. But say, (laughs) okay, it's here. Now, what am I going to do about that? Right. So what are some other things that we can do about that? Well, okay. There's still a few things that we can go through here. Um, Yeah. But the big thing is, and I I learned that little trick actually from uh, Shalane Flanagan. Not in person. Never met her. Never met her, but I do idolize her. She's awesome. And uh, I actually uh, was watching a, a conversation that she had on YouTube with uh, Gwen Jorgensen, and she was like, "Gwen, just embrace the suck." <laughs> yes. <laughs> and it was like, boom! That just opened a whole new world for me. You know, suddenly I wasn't trying to hide from it. Suddenly I wasn't trying to ignore it. I wasn't trying to deny anything. I was like, yeah. The later stages of that race are going to suck, but I'm ready for it. I know it's coming. Practice that in every single long run. When you're going out on your Saturday or Sunday long run, everybody, look forward to the point. Don't shy away from it. Mm-hmm. You know, when you're at mile 13, start telling yourself, there it is. The hamstrings are starting to go. The calves are starting to lock up. <laughs> this is what I've been waiting for, <laughs> you know, because even though it hurts, with each week in your training, with each successive race, you're gonna realize more and more, that's not the end of you. You still got plenty left in you. Um, So yeah, just to kind of be able to get past that. Um, A good one for me, um, and this is is a bit of a cliche, but it's so true and it works so well that I wanna um, share it with everybody, is uh, run the mile you're in, Um, which is to say, Forget about what's further down the line. If you're at mile 15, things are not feeling good. Focus on mile 15. Worry about the splits that you're trying to run right now. Keep your eye on that watch. Make sure that you're, you know, make sure that you're not missing your little hydration sip. Make sure that you hit that, again, that gel when you're supposed to. Run the mile you're in. Don't, those miles that are up ahead, they'll take care of themselves when you get there. If you can focus on these small little chunks, the rest of the race takes care of itself. Um, Keep running through those checklists. Um, Here's a big one, uh, Dwayne, that that 
easily could become a podcast unto itself, but um, start practicing positive mantras, mantras, however you want to say it. Um, if you've got a little piece of positivity that you can repeat to yourself, when the pain is bad, I'm talking mile 23 here. When, you know, as I progress through these different tips that I'm, I, I'm trying to order them in the order in which you're gonna need them, <laughs> you know, because as you get more desperate physically, the harder your mind's gonna be shouting. So you're gonna have to go to like the big guns after a while. So um, if you can repeat, come up with a phrase that works for you. You know, for me, um, and it, this isn't something that you have to keep secret, like a, like a mantra in, in, when, you, when you're doing meditation or anything, where you keep it to yourself, it's your own protective little key to your own little world. I share mine with everybody. And um, I feel great, I feel good, I feel wonderful. <laughs> the reason I say that, even though it's silly, is because it's from one of my favorite movies, What About Bob? And it's uh, one of the things that uh, Bill Murray's character says to himself whenever he's trying to get out the door and get something done and he just really doesn't want to do it. So I was, it makes me laugh and so it works for me. It gets me in a happier state of mind when the pain is getting, when the discomfort is getting extreme. <laughs> um, so find something that positively reinforces the things that you're good at. Are you good at pushing through? Are you good at, you know, are, are you good at holding your pace? Are you really good with, I mean, you know, I could go on forever. <laughs> but come up with a short phrase that you can repeat to yourself because that's what's going to get you through the last bit. Um, Love it. Yeah, I've only started using mantras. I remember Steve talking about it on his podcast um, for the past year. And okay. yeah, I, right now, you know, mine is kind of my my slogan that I say all the time because it reminds me of trying to promote like, wellness and um being active and running so mine is like stay active stay healthy just keep running and then it's like Dwayne with an exclamation point at the end as i'm yeah. you know embracing the suck uh, awesome. you know, <laughs> I'm, I'm just saying that in my head and yeah that has been helpful when i whenever my mind starts to go elsewhere and thinks uh that i can't uh you know, accomplish something, then I will say that. And Kathleen chimes in with her uh, mantras, believe and achieve. I love it. Oh, that's awesome. That's a, that's a great one. Yeah. So any other um, kind of during the race tips? You shared a lot with us, but uh, you have others? Yeah. I mean, yeah, there's a couple in there. Um, <laughs> let's see. Um, yeah, you, you, were, know, you were messing around. You said you had a lot to share. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm trying to down, I, yeah, download my whole brain here. So <laughs> let's, see, uh, <laughs> uh, let's see. I mean, I mean, one of the big ones when I'm really getting desperate and I'm past the mantra stage uh, and all that stuff, and I'm just like, you know, there's like a mile, 1.2 miles left to go, kind of thing. Um, a big one is reminding myself, and this is this goes back to what we were talking about way at the beginning of this. Um, remind yourself of those tough workouts. And, you know, you've done this before, you've hurt before, and you've put in months of training. There's only 10 minutes left. There's 10 minutes left till pizza. Just think about when you're standing on the other side of that finish line and you're just laughing your butt off and going, yeah, that was easy. <laughs> you know? Right. You know, telling, you know, telling tall tales. But um, 
you know, I guess, um, yeah, have a short list of the hardest workouts from your training period in your mind. Don't, don't try to come up with it when you're mid-run, when you're mid-race. There's just too much going on. And plus, once you start to get into that dehydration mind where you can't do math anymore and it's hard to think straight and you're running a little bit more on, on instinct than you are on, you know, sort of analytical brain stuff, um, you, 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 had, you have to do this work beforehand. Um, remember, come up with a short list of your three, five, maybe hardest workouts. And this way you can, you can refer back to that. Um, and, and you can say, yeah, I've done, I've been here before. And, uh, as an extension of that, you can also draw on that just to say, did I do all those workouts, literally hundreds of workouts, months, weeks of workouts? Did I go out there and bust my butt to give up now? No way. No way. Come on, legs. We're going. And just get it done. Just get it done. You know, um, pain is temporary. Pride is forever. That's another one of those things I can throw out there. You know, you know, uh, you know, like I said, one of my favorites uh, is 10 minutes till pizza. Just keep pushing. Just keep pushing. <laughs> I know I'm typing these in the comment box because <laughs> I don't want to forget these. <laughs> this is awesome. Um, yeah. 10 minutes to pizza, 10 minutes to beer, right? Uh, exactly. exactly. <laughs> whatever your post uh, race uh, beverages of choice. Um, so as we're, before we kind of get into our final stretch, I, I think this will also be helpful for runners in our community. Um, Paul is you have, um, jumped over the hurdle of each 50, right. That you've shared. Yes, so sir. how has your personal training changed, um, since you have turned 50? Well, there's, uh, the big one, of course, is, uh, I give myself more recovery time after the harder workout. Uh, is that, that, sorry, does that no, mean ahead. days off recovery days or easy running after those where maybe you didn't run as easy after those hard workout effort sessions? Exactly. Exactly. Um, Anybody who's not familiar with uh, a gentleman named uh, Seth Demore, he's a huge YouTuber. He's a, he's a uh, he's an ultra runner, a road runner too, for that matter. Who who uh, he won? I believe he won Pikes Peak last uh, last year. Um, an amazingly friendly guy, a great guy. Go to his YouTube channel as well. Check him out. But um, a big thing that I've learned in the last couple of years from him is take those easy days easy. Um, I used to be somewhat prideful, <laughs> excuse me, somewhat prideful about my easy days. Oh yeah, my easy days, I, I can, I run my easy days at 7.45 pace. Yeah, well, what, what am I proving to anybody? You know what I mean? I'm sitting here pumping myself up maybe. Nobody else is impressed, nobody else cares. But what that's doing, especially at my age now, is it's preventing me from hitting my next workout hard. You know, slow right down. You're, there's nothing to prove on those easy days. Get in those miles, work your legs, keep those muscles limber, keep keep everything ready to go. Take it slow. Take it slow. Go real slow. Um, the only thing I would say is don't go so slow that you're not holding proper form anymore. <laughs> you know, right? Don't, don't right. let it turn into a shuffle out there. But no, right. Want to be running with proper form, but take it easy. Um, but that's what I mean by. Um, more recovery at my age. Um, I, I, I still run seven days a week. Um, but, but yeah, my hard days are 
hard <laughs> and my easy days are way, way easy. Okay. Um, yeah. And I would say that's actually one of the biggest things that I have to educate and coach my clients on is, is those easy runs. You know, you have to, it's probably, again, if you guys are listening to the podcast here, um, it's probably one of the biggest mistakes uh, novice runners make is that they are running their easy runs too fast. And you're essentially almost running every run, a tempo run um, or a tempo pace or close to it. So again, as Paul highlighted, easy, easy, fast, fast, right? You need that variability in your training in order to cause the physiologic adaptations that occur with running. Exactly. 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 Otherwise you tend to find that the first thing you'll start to notice about your workouts is you're not hitting those times on your tempo days, on your track days, and everything just kind of turns into this gray. Every day is kind of the same. Even when you're trying to push harder, you can't because you're too tired. Um, so, um, yeah, I mean, the other thing, the big thing for me is maybe for some people a little bit counterintuitive, uh, the older I get, the more I hit weight training, um, you know, uh, try to keep those testosterone levels high enough that I can continue to perform into uh, a more mature age. So um, it, it makes me less injury prone and uh, makes it a lot easier to hit those times on those tougher workout days too. So um, I, I can't recommend a weight training enough. Um, minimum. And it also, I need to add in there, it also protects your tendons as we age, um, because we all know the common Achilles tendinopathy and even plantar fasciitis, um, even though it isn't truly a tendon, it uh, behaves similar similar to Achilles. And we also have the hamstring tendon issues. That's very common, um, as we age, um, with runners. So yeah, that's strength training. If you guys have listened to any other episode, you know, how big I am on strength training and how it's a core pillar of our system and our, um, how we stay healthy as runners. So I'm glad to see that you have seen the benefits, not only at staying healthy, but also helping your performance as we age. Absolutely. Absolutely. And it's one of those things, Dwayne, where um, the first five years of my running career, I, 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 I would do weight training workouts occasionally. You know, I would do core workouts occasionally. I was all about running. I wanted to be a runner. So I would mostly just run. And, and, and I thought there was just a, I thought strength training was a whole lot of hype, you know, and I thought, mm-hmm. I thought core training was a whole lot of hype, you know, you know, what's going to make me faster running, I'm going to, you know, get my legs strong and I'll be a fast runner. Eh, wrong, wrong. Um, I was plagued by injuries. I'll, I'm just one, one more runner who can be a, a first person example to everybody who's watching and listening. Um, the first five years of my running career were just plagued with injury, you know, everything from IT band to, I mean, I mean, you name it, torn, torn, <laughs> torn everything um, you know, <laughs> st- strained hips you, you name it I've, yep. I, I've been there um five years ago i started with the weight training i started with daily core routines first thing as soon as i roll out of bed that never miss one um happens before my visualizations um so that i can't come up with an excuse of oh i gotta run downstairs and get the dogs or anything um that gets done every day. And in the last five years, Dwayne, I've had two injuries and they've never sidelined me. They slowed me down and I've had to go to the PT 
and get things dealt with, but they've never taken me out. And that's uh, the five fastest years of my life as well. Yeah. So Paul, I just wish we met 10 years ago and, you know, I could have helped you prevent all those injuries, but everyone who's listening now, who has listened to any other episode, um, hopefully you guys are implementing a lot of the strategies that we share on this show and you can prevent the injuries that and unfortunately it is very common, Paul, you're not alone. I was there as a novice runner myself. So, and yeah, I would, um, you know, agree that I have been, uh, fortunate enough to stave off injuries, the last knock on some wood that's around me, you know, <laughs> the last four or five years or so. Um, so yeah, another plug to strength training in order to run. So now, Paul, we're going to get into our final stretch. Um, okay. This is the last question that we asked all our guests. If you could change one thing about the misconception of pushing past those mental barriers, what would it be? Okay, let me see. Um, I would say the big one, the big misconception that needs to go away is that willpower and motivation are like the end all and be, be all of things. I think willpower and motivation are way, way, way overvalued. Um, <laughs> you know, they're, they're sh like I said earlier, they're, uh, they're short term. You can't depend on willpower to get you through 18 weeks of training. The vast majority of the days you've got to get out there, you just got to do it even though you don't want to. You know, you want to perform well, then just put up with the suck for now. Just get out there. And by the time you're in your second mile of that run, it's not going to suck anymore. You're suddenly going to be really, really happy you got out the door. Um, you know, there's there's no hack, Dwayne. Um, um, this is a, a phrase I, I want to make sure I get in there. Um, achieving top performance at any level is going to be uncomfortable. You got to get used to being uncomfortable, like we were talking about with those long runs. Look forward to the point where it starts to get progressively more uncomfortable because that's 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 where you're making your gains. Those first few miles of that long run, you're just kind of warming up. You're making sure everything's good to go. But once you start to feel that burn, that's where you're getting stronger. Um, it's all about the grind. So that, that's, that's probably the big misconception. Willpower and motivation. If you got them, great. But on the 90% of the days you don't, just go, go anyway. I love it. And it's really a matter of getting comfortable with the uncomfortable, right? And embracing it. And I love, I love uh, the way you phrase that and the framework that you put that in. I think it makes so much sense, right? For those of us who have kind of failed before, I just trying to like, keep going, keep going. Like the motivational, you know, pep talks or someone screaming at you, <laughs> like just run. And you're like, well, it's not going to really help, you know, the more I keep going, but getting comfortable with being uncomfortable, I think is important. And just like anything we do in life, right? If it was easy, then everyone would do it. Exactly. If running a marathon was easy. Everyone would run a marathon, but they don't right and you guys who are listening can and exactly. you will and i think implementing many of the uh strategies that paul talked about um during this chat i think can really help you and really change a little bit of your your outlook on how you look at at this this mental gymnastics as i call it right that you, that you do exactly. inside your head um during the race so 
Yeah, thank you so much, um, Paul. Uh, I'm sure there's going to be many runners in our community who learned something today and would love to learn more. Um, where can our Healthy Runner community connect with you? Uh, there are a few places. Uh, the, the main thing, my, my, my passion project is my YouTube channel. Uh, so uh, if you just go to youtube.com slash devrunner, you'll find me. Um, the other place uh, where I do, um, where I update fairly constantly is Instagram. Uh, on Instagram, I am at the devrunner, T-H-E-D-E-V-R-U-N-N-E-R. Uh, you can also find me on Strava, uh, but on Strava, I go by my real name, which is Paul DeVillo. So if you search P-A-U-L-D-E-V-I-L-L-O, You'll find me there. Uh, you'll get to see my daily workouts. You'll get to see uh, how slow I go on those slow days um, and uh, how fast I try to go on those fast days. So uh, I'd love to see you there. I'd love to uh, check out uh, and share workouts with each other. So um, yeah, uh, the more people uh, who, who join my journey, the merrier, you know, I'm happy to have you all here. Yeah, guys, those of you who are here on the Facebook Live, let me know if this was helpful. Type in helpful into the comment box. If you took away a golden nugget or two from Paul, I know I took many away. Uh, so let us know. Drop it in the um, comment box there and uh, throw Paul some hearts. Uh, let us know that you did enjoy this conversation. If you're watching on the Spark Your Training YouTube channel, uh, definitely hit that like button um, so you can go back to this video because I will actually be watching this one again, Paul, before my my next half marathon, awesome. because I just need to hear it again, honestly, from you. <laughs> so I can use some of these strategies during my race. I think that was my favorite part about this chat was the actionable strategies that you shared. And honestly, even the preparation, um, the preparation that you talked about before the race, that a lot of it happens before the race and yeah, you need to do yeah. So I will definitely be checking um, that out. So thank you all for tuning in to the Facebook live um, or watching on YouTube or listening on the healthy runner podcast. I appreciate you guys tuning in and we appreciate all of those, uh, you know, listeners and ratings and reviews that you've been doing on the podcast. Um, we're over a hundred uh, rating and reviews on Apple podcasts. And I greatly appreciate that. So if you're enjoying much of the content, I've talked to many of you um, these past couple of weeks, and I know you've listened to not only one episode, but many episodes. So if you're enjoying it and you haven't rated the show yet, it goes a long way and helps us out greatly spread our message to more runners so we can help them and learn how to do this the right way. So they don't have to get injured and they can stay healthy and even perform their best, like all the information that Paul shared with us uh, during this chat. Remember, every week we go live within the Healthy Runner Facebook group. So just check out the events tab within our group and you will see all the guests that we have lined up for you as well as the topics. Next week, we have a topic of fueling and hydration for summer races with registered dietitian Kayla Slater. So I'm super pumped about that. Kayla uh, shares some great content on social media and I know she's going to be able to share some great content um, with you. So Paul, Thank you so much again. Uh, this was great connecting again, and I appreciate you taking the time out of your day to come on. I'll tell you what, Dwayne, um, I really appreciate you having me here. I appreciate the opportunity to share whatever I happen to know so that uh, others can perform better and, and enjoy their racing careers better. So uh, again, thank you, Dwayne. It was a real pleasure to be here. Yeah, and uh, thank you. And as always, guys, stay active, stay healthy, just keep running. Until next time. 
Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the Healthy Runner Podcast. Can I please ask you for a couple of favors? Can you subscribe to The Sucker wherever you're listening on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, or wherever so you never miss another episode? You'll be notified when a new episode drops every Thursday. Can you also please leave me a rating and review if you're listening on Apple Podcasts? What I want you to do is to tell them how awesome you are as a runner and then tell them what you have liked most about the show. I love to hear what you have to say. I read all of them and it means a lot to me. If you haven't seen the video version of this podcast, then head over to youtube.com forward slash spark your training and you can see the video version as well as our full video library of exercises that are specific to your running on the Spark Your Training YouTube channel. Also, if you like the content in this podcast, then you will like the community even better. Head over to our Healthy Runner free Facebook group so you can get all the bonus content, blog articles, and get your questions answered by myself and our team of Healthy Runner coaches. The fifth and final thing I want you to do is that you can help this podcast out by taking a screenshot wherever you're listening, whatever episode, and put it in your stories on Instagram and tag me. That is at Spark Your Training. If you do this, I'll give you a shout out and repost it, sharing your running wins while listening to the podcast. More importantly, we'll be able to share this information with a lot more runners because that is the goal, guys. We want to get this information in front of as many runners as possible to help them stay healthy so they can stay on the road doing what they love. So take a screenshot, share it on Instagram stories, and tag me in it. You can also find out how I help runners as well as our brand new Healthy Runner Strength Program by visiting our website, sparkyourtraining.com. Thank you so much for listening, and I just love our Healthy Runner family. And remember, guys, let's stay active, stay healthy, and just keep running. Until next time.